Hi, welcome to the Prescription Podcast. This podcast is being developed with the aim to keep the public informed with the relevant and updated health information. This podcast is hosted by me, Zichin and Ian. We are the doctors currently practicing in Kuala Lumpur. So we have actually prepared a series of hot topics that we have selected based on the popularity and request yeah, from the survey we have conducted. So for the first episode, we're going to start with a general view on the Malaysia healthcare system and the subsequent episodes, we will f- focus on the gut and liver health for this series. Yep. So we're going to talk about the healthcare system in Malaysia. Uh, yeah, well, how, how should we start? Well, I think maybe we'll start with the overview oh, yeah. first. Or okay. what we have. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I think we have um, private and government right, sector. Maybe Ian, you would like to elaborate further? Okay, yeah. Private and government healthcare is actually a mirror of both, just that one is by the government, one is private healthcare. Uh, so I'm going to start off with the government side, which is basically cover mostly by the Ministry of Health, but there's also the university side and also the army side. So I think for the interest of simplicity, we will talk mostly on the MOH side. So there are the primary healthcare, uh, which is the clinic kesehatan, the basic clinics where you get access to most of the healthcare, followed by the hospitals. And of course, this is mirrored by the same in the private center, uh, sorry, private setting, which is the GP clinics and then the private hospitals. Yeah. So I think um, the primary healthcare in the government sector, other than the clinic kesehatan, we do have um, the smaller version like Clinic Desa and Clinic One Malaysia, uh, where they cater for different needs from the public. Yep. Some fun facts for those of us who don't know uh, the numbers in Malaysia. So I actually looked this up in the Ministry of Health uh, website and it's quite amazing the amount of clinics and hospitals we have throughout the whole country. So, for Clinic Kesihatan, there are a total of 922 clinics throughout the whole of Peninsula, uh, well, Peninsula and East Malaysia. That's, oh, a, that's lot, a, yeah. a lot. Clinic Desa, which is usually for mother and maybe some child health Maternal healthcare. Child health, yeah. There are 1,916 clinics. Uh, Clinic One Malaysia, 196. Government hospitals, those include state hospitals and uh, district hospitals. We have 145. That oh, that's a lot. Do you want to give an example? Like what are the district hospital and uh, what is the state hospital? Okay. Panting Hospital is a district hospital. Uh, Klang Hospital... Uh, hospital Kuala Lumpur, these are the state hospitals. Of course, we have Hospital Ampang, which is uh, this, actually it's kind of an in-between. It has uh, both best of both worlds, but it's not as big as a state hospital. State hospitals are the usual referral centers for more major cases, whereas the district hospitals are usually manned by medical officers. Some district hospitals, though, they do have specialists but they do not have the subspecialties and hence they try to deal with most of the cases as much as they can. If they can't, then they refer them off to the state hospitals, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I think um, how the district hospital functions are. They have medical officers and they have yes, specialists. Yes, depending on coverage. depending on which hospitals and where it is. Yeah, they do have their OTs as well, operating theaters, where uh, small surgeries, emergency surgeries, uh, is like caesarean section, appendicectomy can be done there. And they do have regular visiting consultants from the referring center, from the coverage hospital, which uh, where they will visit them every once a month or every once every yes. two months. And these state hospitals, some of them are cluster hospitals where they have certain subspecialties. So for instance, uh, Slayang Hospital is known for uh, liver, liver center. Uh, the Ampang Hospital is for um, hematology right. for blood Correct. disorders. And so on and so forth. There's, I mean, there's a lot of examples. So the private setting, as we talked about earlier on, the GPs and private hospitals, as much as they can, they cater to however many diseases that they can they can treat. Of course, if it becomes a bit more complicated, they, they may or may not deal depending on the capacity of each hospital. So I think the whole purpose of looking at the healthcare in Malaysia is because we want to talk about the affordability and the accessibility, right? So we covered the accessibility part, looking at just Ministry of Health Hospitals. I mean, honestly speaking, just looking at the number of clinics and hospitals in the Ministry of Health is actually quite a big number. Of course, I didn't go into the integrity of counting how many per Yet, uh, but that is really a large number. Just looking at government hospitals, it's 145 government hospitals. Easily, you have 10 hospitals per state. Of course, in, in states which are bigger in Sabah, Sarawak, they probably have a bit more hospitals, but 10 per state. And I think the government is still making the initiative to uh, raise more hospitals for treatment of patients and of the Rakyat. This does not include the university side, the army side, and the private side. So generally, I say that our healthcare is quite universal. It's quite uh, accessible to everyone, right? It is. It is very readily available and accessible, and there's a lot of options as well. Yeah. Um, if you do not want to go to a government center, you always can opt for private healthcare, uh, where, where you get an immediate care. Yeah, for the private health care, um, we have the primary care, which is equivalent to our GPs, uh, where is uh, uh, there in your neighborhood, easily accessible. They open long hours. Some of them open extended hours or 16 hours or even 24 hours a day. And subsequently, we have our private hospital setting. Um, various uh, scale of hospital with different subspecialty or specialty coverage, uh, depending on what's available. We have big private hospitals where they have almost every specialty and subspecialty coverage. Yeah, and um, uh, they are very yeah. well equipped. Which we will not mention names because we are not sponsored by anybody. We shouldn't be biased. <laughs> we yeah. shouldn't be biased. But they are all within yep. reach. Yeah. And uh, that's where you can have your um, first hand uh, 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 consultation yeah, with, with the selected specialist and the consultant that you wish to see. So, of course, as compared to the government sector, um, it's operated by a tier system. 
They have the house officers, medical officers, specialists and consultant. Sometimes the simpler cases are being handled by the junior doctors and medical officers and the more complex cases will be escalated up to the specialist and the consultant. Yep. So one clear choice of going to the government hospital or government setting is if you feel a little chatty, you don't mind some house officers, maybe some medical students sometimes, then you know, by all means go to government hospital. If you want more privacy and you want to be, you know, you just want to see be seen by less people. I don't people. think the house officer has time well, to chit chat I mean, with you. I, I mean that you have to speak to multiple <laughs> different doctors, right? But yeah, yeah, the different yeah, setup. Yeah. yeah. So to get the message across, probably you need to spend a slightly longer time. But definitely, I think you you are in great hands wherever you go in the government sector or the private yeah. sector. So that's kind of accessibility. Let's talk about affordability, right? That's usually what everyone wants to know, right? I understand, yeah. I understand that the government setting is very, very it cheap. Is. Do you have any yes, figure uh, in hand that you can share? I am the figure man share? today. So, for uh, outpatient clinics, it's actually as cheap as RM1 for each visit. Yes, really? for each visit really? is one That's very, ringgit, very cheap. Right? There's no additional charges for medication, for investigation. It's just RM, one ringgit. Okay, so if you're going to go to a clinic, Kesihatan, it's a long wait. Well, you're paying RM, one ringgit. Is that for That's everything? for everything. Ev- Including everything. medication. Everything. Okay, so... I can't even buy a meal yeah, you for can, that. You, well, you can go to a RM, one ringgit shop and buy something. <laughs> Do we have RM? No, it's RM5, right? It's not RM1, sorry. (laughs) You can't buy anything. (laughs) Maybe a canned drink. Okay, so if you go to a specialty clinic or clinic pakar, and usually these are in the bigger hospitals, so if, uh, to make it simple, it's as cheap as free the first visit and five ringgit after, uh, or it can be even more if you're referred from a private setting. Uh, If you're referred from private setting, they do have to actually pay for investigations. But if, say, you were seen in a clinic kesihatan and they refer you to a clinic pakar, it's actually free the first time and each visit, it's five ringgit. You don't pay for medication. You don't pay for investigations. I see. So to summarize, I think, do you, um, if a referral is from a private center, you will need to pay for investigation right. five and ringgit, treatment. No, five ringgit each session that will be the same as referral from government sector just to as pay well. for investigations yeah a little bit more a little okay. bit more a, a little bit more, bit more slightly yeah. more for so investigation. that is for clinics in the outpatient setting i also managed to look up uh, and bear in mind all this actually comes from the ministry of health website just in case anyone is wondering so if someone were to be warded right the government setting, there's actually three classes, class one, class two, and class three. If at, at the most, if you like to go to the lowest class, which is class three, it's the cheapest actually. Whether air condition or with, sorry, without air condition or with air condition, it is RM3 per night. What does that include? It includes Everything. your meal? Everything. Okay. So it's lodging? Except for surgery. I mean, your accommodation? Yep. 
accommodation, food. Except for surgery. And treatment. treatment Medication-wise, but medication. this procedure, then there's a different charge for that. Okay, This goes as high as if it's in the first-class ward, one-bedded, no aircon, 90 ringgit. With aircon, 120 ringgit. Okay, that's still, still cheaper than much. Uh, still, still cheaper, cheaper than a private than a center lot of, uh, because other private center in a in a one bedded it's easily two hundred, and this two hundred ringgit will not include investigations, medication, physiotherapy, so on and so forth. Okay. Yeah. So this is a flat, flat rate. rate of flat rate. From what ringgit. I gather from the website, it's a flat rate. Uh, another. Not including procedures, Not including right? certain procedures. Yes. I'll come to that. So one comparison of pricing. I think the, the most common thing that people might want to look at is delivery charges for, for mothers, right? So in a patient that is in third class, a normal delivery costs 10 ringgit. And if it gets complicated up to a point of requiring surgery or caesarean, in a third class, it costs 100 ringgit. That is very, very affordable. Yep, yep. So, of course, the price varies as according to class and it can go higher. But if you're just going to go to a regular third class ward, that is the price. So, this is on top of the admission and the ward charges, right? This is in comparison with a private setting. A normal delivery is easily four five thousand ringgit. Caesar is easily ten to twelve thousand ringgit. Yeah, as far as we can, we have gathered um, through the resources that we have. This is a big difference. But again, you know, the number that the figure that we quoted earlier, um, this is heavily Correct. subsidized by what, the what government. What I'm quoting yeah? is basically the price the patient has to pay. Yes, it's not how much it costs. Uh, it, how much it costs to the patient. Yeah, so yes, we have to clarify that point. Yeah. So I think this is uh, this is the very important bits. Yeah. To to show the public that the public health system is very easily accessible and it's also very affordable because we are our taxpayers. This is where the money comes in. So, of course, if one can afford and they want a little bit more comfort, definitely go, by all means, go to the private private setting. Now, I guess one burning question a lot of times I get asked as a doctor by relatives and friends is that if I have a certain illness, where do I go to first? Do I go to the clinic? Do I go to, to the hospital straight? Do I need to get a referral letter? What is the process or the flow? Well, I the most accessible one would be your primary health care. Okay. Whether in the government setting would be the clinic kesehatan and in the private setting will be your neighborhood GP. So they will be the first person to, access, uh, to assess you and subsequent refer accordingly. And it's an option and a choice whether you will want to um, continue the care in the government setting or going to a private sector. So I think the biggest difference between private and government here would be the time factor. Yeah, We all know that the government queue, the queue in the government sector uh, takes up to months. 
where in the whereas in the private sector you can pretty much either walk in if there's available appointment slot if not you can get the appointment most of the time within a week if not the next day yeah so i think the time factor is important so speak to your primary care doctor they will be also be able to guide you whether the condition is something that you can afford to wait a little or something that you need to address immediately and yeah. urgently. So I think you brought a very good point there where you said, you know, whatever problems you have, you should consult the primary care doctor. So this is, I guess, what I would call a public service announcement. If you have something brewing in the middle of the night and it's not too urgent, don't go to the emergency department. Uh, you can go to your primary physician, primary doctor the next day and get it assessed. Of course, don't be of the other extreme. You're really, really not well and you wait till the next morning. Yeah, so emergency department is meant for emergencies, yeah, uh, as it is named. So I think we are all adults. We will be able to assess what is what we can tolerate. Yeah, if something that has been there for a few days and is not um, worsening at the moment, I think it's something that you can wait till tomorrow morning. But if it's something that came on very acutely, um, uh, very severe, and you cannot tolerate, yeah, then please feel free to visit the emergency department and the doctors there will attend to you immediately. I hope we are as clear as day and not as mud. I hope this session enlightens everyone a little bit about our healthcare system in Malaysia. So feel free if you do have any questions and if it's somehow not clear to you to email us. Yeah, please do email us at our email prescriptionpod p-r-e-s-c-r-i-p-t-i-o-n-p-o-d at gmail.com Until the next episode, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. See you.